Welcome to The Solution, a real estate podcast where Jeff Seabach and Phil Sexton put mics between us and we talk about this wonderful industry that we work in called real estate. We are, Jeff Seabach, did you know that Agent Truth has been our sponsor for the entire season six? It seems like longer than that. It, it I does. I feel like Agent Truth has been around for years. Well, it, ha- <laughs> it has. You're talking but, about the new but, branded you know, Agent getting Truth. Getting them yeah. to sponsor okay. a okay. podcast, this right. is the hard part. But right. today, let me just at least let everybody know what the topic is if they weren't able to read it on their tele. And that is VRBOs versus long-term rentals, which one is better investment okay so and we're gonna break down some math today based on our research right yes all right so first of all jeff tell me what do you know what do you know what do you love well I what mean, do you have what it is is we're talking about this because uh realtors are under invested in real estate right dude but how what? has that not been the most shocking thing in season six of since we've been asking people because we found this key to wealth path like you know I mean because I think that I mean how many real estate agents prior to this year were you like hey I'm sorry prior to 2019 I forgot that they pumped 30 million dollars into the economy hey how do you do on stocks Trillion. how's your 401k how you doing in the stock market I mean prior to 2000 let's say 18 and before that no one even wanted to even talk about it right Absent, they throw thirty million dollars into the into thirty million, thirty trillion into the the, the total wealth million. pool, and now everything goes up. And anything you bought, you're a superstar, and everybody's a genius. Everybody can make everybody millionaires, and yeah. you know, like yeah. you know, I, I, stories of I'm up seventy percent on this, I'm up a hundred percent, and you mean you bought one stock one time, and now you're the best investor in the world. Right, like welcome to the recession, right? Like welcome to the changes, but we want to talk about leveraging real estate to create a real estate portfolio to build wealth and how well it is done for us. But once you make that decision, then you have to change the conversation to, am I going to rent it? Because you don't have to rent the house. That's for right. it to appreciate, you can just you can pay the bills without it. But our th- idea of the strategy is is usually find some, land. <laughs> let's find someone to pay for it, not yourself. Right, right, and in that we call that tenancy, according to the Landlord Tenant Act, is that someone lives in the property and they pay you rent. So today's conversation is which one is the better option because you have short term, long term. Or VRBO or Airbnb. Those are the four choices. Okay. Okay. So we so are. What's the difference between short term and Airbnb? You mean if you're just going like straight up MLS short term as well, opposed to? Let me let me say it this way because I like to define myself as a real estate expert. Of course, the technical definition is one works with the HOA and the other one doesn't. <laughs> Short-term rental means typically, one, it's furnished, and two, less than a year. But typically in month increments because it changes the uh, who comes and stays there. Generally, people moving from California, uh, Minnesota, uh, Chicago, 
Washington, Oregon like to come down and rent for a prolonged period of time before buying. Because it's a, you know, if you're buying a second home between 600 and 1.5 million, you know what, I might want to check it out a little bit. So I'll go down and I'll rent a short term rental. Uh, oh, by the way, this is also a good aspect into increasing your real estate business because now you have people that are potential buyers and we don't talk about that a lot and we're not going to get in we're not going to go down that road today but you have to factor that in if you're looking for leads it is factored in right okay. well that that would be one check for the vrbo because you have a lot more options but i actually found that because i used to long-term rent properties when we were at john hall because we could do property management and that was a way for me to meet buyers is because nobody wants to put up with the hassle because the problem with renting, and that's the conversation we're going to have today, is the hassle of, hey, this person's going to rent for two months, this person's going to rent for three months, this person's going to rent for... I mean, everybody was looking at the heyday, 2004, 2005, 2006, North Scottsdale, was the five-month rental. If you could get November... December, January, February, March, you typically didn't have to rent it for the rest of the year because you were at that point we were getting from two and a, two and a half times the regular rent. But now you got one tenant. Now if you're a second out of towner, because why the VRBO is attractive is you get to use the house a couple times when no one else is. Now it's short notice or whatever, but the payment was high enough to cover almost all of their costs. Cause that was what most common it would be somebody from Ohio, they come down and they're like, well, we know we're only gonna come out and stay twice or three times a year. What is the realistic of renting it? That person, the VRBO would be a lot more attractive to, except it comes with the management. So those are the things that we're gonna talk about today to kind of lay out the discussion. So you tell me what you wanna talk about. <laughs> Right. Well, obviously, we're going to get to some of the math based on our research, but there's like there's lots of variables at play here that um, we'll we'll discuss. One of them, man, I have, you know, I live on a popular street for VRBOs because I've got no HOA and half acres, and what I think based on my unprofessional research is that the backyards that sing are the ones that bring in a lot of the higher rents. Yeah, you, you like don't, you, don't, don't, like, that's that's everybody that's in the business of renting understands that, because all you got to do is More go, so for short-term than long-term. Yes. 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 Well, because yes. the, 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 think about it. Let me ask you, Phil. Vacation. Yeah. Who is your, who's your client? I don't, I want them to come to my house instead of going to the Four Seasons. Right. Yeah. yeah. So you need to compete with the activities. You need... Yeah. Yeah, and if I'm going to charge 300 a night instead of 180 a night, then I got to have justifiable reasons why they would want to pay that. Right, because the majority of, of um, VRBOs seem to be between 100 dollars and 300 a month. Right, a night. A night. Yes, yes. So back to the conversations though that we've been having about uh, VRBOs and agents is. It's crazy to me how much um, the agents that have been in the business since, you know, before the last, before the Great Recession, they still suffer from PTSD. We post had lunch. Tension. Post something. Traumatic stress syndrome. Stress, stress disorder. disorder. Yeah. Yes, right? So, PTSD. Yeah, yeah. So when they 
when like the lady that we had lunch with today, she had four rental properties in the last that she had that she owned during the last Great Recession, and when the when her yeah. when her adjustable rate mortgages were no longer fixed, they started to um, skyrocket. Then she was bleeding money. She she ended up giving them back to the bank, right? And we've had this conversation with more than one person. Is that person has been sitting on the sidelines with the mindset of I am not going to get I'm not going to go down that path again because that was a disaster. Fool me once. Yeah, shame, shame on me. Shame sh- on you. Shame Fool me on twice. You. Shame on me. Right. I don't want to shame on me. I was fooled once. Like I yeah, not realizing that their angst was against the mortgage product that they picked. Not they didn't wait for the the good stuff to happen, which was the appreciation. They never so if you only got the ass end of renting, you wouldn't want to do it again. Right. Yeah. And like, that's and that ties into a conversation that I had this weekend. I went to a you know, I have a ten year old and um he goes he gets invited to ten year old birthday parties. But which are often fun. This particular family, you know, they do like the birthday party for their kids, but they invite all the adults and have a margarita machine. Ten-year-old birthday party. What did you think was a party? It was great. Yeah, <laughs> that <laughs> sounds like fantastic. a good time to me. So <laughs> in a pool, like, drinking a margarita, celebrating a ten-year-old birthday party. I had. They had a lifeguard. And you know what we were talking? <laughs> yeah, right. You know what we were talking about? Real estate. Right and real estate investments. Well, I mean, and there I, was a gentleman there who was before I even brought up real estate investments. I was just talking to the homeowner about. They want to talk about their. Story. They wanted to tell. Oh, the, they the, wanted to tell oh, me everything they oh, knew about real estate investments, fired, uh, uh, and it was all negative. It was like it is not no work. It is you have to manage that. You have to and wait, I'm like hold, hold on hold on. The property management does a lot of work. If you hire property managers, what? Wait, say that again. What'd you say? Well, no, property management is work. Property management is definitely work. But Phil, what work does the real estate agent not mind doing versus prospecting? Anything. Anything. Right. <laughs> no, if it means I got to run over to the house to check on the water, you know that. Hold on. The no, no, agent- no. I, I can't. I can't. I got to call my database. <laughs> right. Like, you know, like, I, oh, my God. We got to we, we gotta check on the, the anti-siphon valve or whatever it is. <laughs> you know they're in their car running over to do that because that counts as work. That's right. And That's right. those of us that are falling into the real estate uh, industry happen to also be those that want to work from home because we like to call that work and that is not what makes you money in real estate but because I'm like no this is the easy work that they love to do like they they would love to have um, lease this property and simple tasks like those are all tasks that they know how to do of course and they're good at them of course so why would they not want to do them I because we call it work. So th- this particular gentleman that I was talking to wasn't a real estate agent. Therefore, it, I think that it was a little bit harder on him than real estate agents, right? Because we get used to, I mean, if, especially if you list houses or if you work with buyers, then you get used to the buyers being concerned over projects at the property before they buy it. So part of your job, part of being good at your job is figuring out how to overcome those objections. And typically that's by calling people and having a Rolodex and making sure that you can be the resource to handle whatever issues come up at the property. And on the flip side of that, from the selling side, when sellers have 
things that they need fixed at their property. If that house is under, if the house is listed, maybe the owner lives out of state and they have an issue, they oftentimes lean on you for resources like plumbers or whatnot so that you can connect them with that. Not doing property management, just knowing how to address whatever situations come up with the house. Like that's our job as a real estate agent. So for us, when we look at rentals, it falls in line with what we do for work. Whereas when somebody might be like, let's say that you are a lawyer and some and you have a rental property and somebody calls you with a leak, it's not your everyday activity of you fixing problems that have to do with a house. Yeah. And so they view that call as more burdensome than most real estate agents. Yeah, yeah. No, the 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 you are picking up people that only call you to complain. There's no doubt about that. You mean tenants? Tenants. Yeah. yeah they only yeah. they never call you to say Hey, the washer works great. Thank yeah, you. Yep, yep. <laughs> like, like, wow, what a great backyard you let us rent. Like, I think we're overpaying because yeah. this yard's so great, and we get to use it, and we like being walking distance to the school, and and we appreciate all those things, and we like the property being you know maintained and the plumbing working, all that stuff. And whenever we have a problem, we just call you, right? Yeah, you know. Yeah, but so then that brings in for the non-realtor professionals that brings in the idea that management, property management, is probably a good idea yeah but that can eat at profits yes right and so when you're looking at it from a cash flow perspective there's got to be enough cash flow in order to cover that management if you truly don't want to be called with any problems right right but so when we started looking at the difference like we took one of our um long-term rentals that we have in south scottsdale we've talked about it on the podcast before this is season six by the way should we let the cat out of the bag this that we're wrapping up season six yes right so uh yeah i mean please subscribe so you know when the next season kicks off because we'll come out with a launch for season seven but great job phil for for hosting season six i think you've done a great job jeff man the co-host just on point this whole season thank you this whole season and our producer we had a producer feedback if there's a uh a topic that i mean we we like to to mix it up here. We like to we like to be the everybody's you know real estate podcast. So we, we we go around the wheel, right? We were doing a lot of new stuff and new agents, and then we went to this is buying houses, and boy, this is a good conversation. So all right, so we're gonna get into the math of long term versus VRBO. Okay, you want to talk about that? Sure, sure. Um, let's start about just the um. Don't you know? To me, it, it like I, immediate thoughts of the difference between VRBO versus long-term rental. I want to rent to the person that wants to treat the house like it's their home. That's me. I think of problems with rentals is not them calling for repairs. That that stuff. That's fine. Is um, property damage. Okay. Is the thing that I um, would least like to deal with, right? Because it, yeah. it's costly, yeah. right? Because like, you think about it is when a tenant leaves, then I need to have somebody ready, and then I miss a month, and now I'm repairing a property versus... Because it's hard enough to turn a property when someone's out in 30 days. What do you mean? Meaning, when somebody's out in 30 days. Meaning... You mean like a long-term rental? Yeah. Right. Like, when they leave, there can be repairs that need to be, but to re-rent it, when they leave, if, they, if the end of the month is March 30th, or the end of the lease is March 30th, it's hard to have it rented for April 1st, 
That's true. I remember that April fifteenth. Realistic. Used, I used to have people, and that was what the the, the guy demanded, and I uh, I said I can't promise that because you're. You know, and he said, "No, you have to. We got because the challenge is you're trying to lease it while it's leased, and then the tenants in the house, and then you know it just doesn't show Ten- well, and, yeah. and there's just you know, um, yeah. So turnover, I think, is the big word that I was thinking as you were describing that. Well, turnover, turnover is only costly. only because of the well, one every time you turn over, you have more cost because you have commission. Oh." It, Fee, yep. Cleaning fee, which you can usually get from the tenant, and then any wear and tear because you're the owner's responsible for wear and tear. The tenant's not, but that means touch up paint and those kinds of things. Like you, you, you know, maybe new carpet. Yeah, new carpet, right? Like so, um, I'm more of hassle, which is not there is not one of those things. I view that as turnover. Right. That's to me the biggest difference. What I immediately think when I, the difference between long term and short term, turnover. How much do I like to manage turnover? Not that much. Like, I actually give my tenants a discount if they renew. Right. And because I, I don't want to turn over. Right. You only want to deal with the interchange one time a year, basically. If that, I want to deal with the interchange once every five well, years. Well, every long term tenant, to, uh, to me, the, ma- the math is typically for every year, they stay a year and a half. Got it. Is what, I mean, it's weird. I don't know about your investment properties. Did your, my tenants have stayed longer. I've got one, I mean, yeah. That is. Like tenants have stayed, like the tenant that was in the place that we rented was there for eight years. I got a 14 year tenant and then I got a five year tenant and then a two year tenant. Right. And and the, the shortest one that I have is actually a group of there's it's a three bedroom house and there's three separate people that are roommates and it seems like every year one of them will move out and they'll bring another one in and so they the same one the same person or it's a different no group. it's rotated like my yep. main point of contact from the Rotate. first year isn't my main point of contact the second year because she's not living there anymore and the new main point of contact actually is the main point of contact do they put their money together or they pay you separately um yes Okay, great. So, uh, rent comes from one, but deposits come from individuals. So, both, right? Like, they either coordinate with themselves, who's going to send me the money. I just meant, do you receive one check or you receive three or four? Yeah, I get Venmo. I don't receive any checks, okay. so I get. Oh. Um, well, I get. Uh, hey, that's the other thing. I get rent in, yeah. in my Venmo account once a month, and it either I have to add the two things together, or they do that, and they swap. Like the tenant will pay this month, and then the next tenant will pay the next month. Yeah, like, it does. My tenants prefer Zelle, but fair. All right, good. And the new ones are on Zelle. I have, I have one on Zelle too, but I, I don't. got three on Zelle. Yeah, I like it. It, it, it's uh, I don't uh, awfully, I don't accept checks. How about that? Like if they any rental that I have, I'm like here's the here's the bank account at Wells Fargo. You'll make deposits to that, please. That's how you pay rent. I will not accept. I don't want a check. What am I going to do with a check? You give them like your bank to, number. Yeah, my bank my account number. Yep. Here you go. Straight deposit. Thank you. How did you pay rent? Did you give a check? But that was because I started that before Zell. Like Zell wasn't as popular then. 
What? I use an online portal. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Nice. All right. Good deal. Han, our producer for the second half of season six. Yeah. Right? Thank you. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, but we're talking about here uh, was which one's more profitable? Mainly, what what is more profitable? Okay? Yes. And so that comes down to income. So the question is, is with VRBOs, is how many nights, and of, what's the rate? How many nights a month are you going to be rented? Right. Right. And then for. Uh, a long term, it's usually going to be a lease rate for twelve months, same because there's no. Um, yeah, it just we'll times one twelve. Yes. Yeah, twelve right? months. So total nights, because I think I was talking to um, an individual that rents a lot of. I've been I've been doing a lot of VRBO research. Yeah, and I have found them to be the proudest landlords in the business. Well, I yeah, I, I mean it's um, yeah. almost a badge that you get to wear. That I make more on my rentals than the long term guys. Um, What's the badge? No, no, no. The badge is um, officially a real estate investor, right? Like once you got a VRBO, like mm. those guys that rent other things are like doing it wrong. I, well, the, you're leaving money on the table is what like is yeah, what yeah. what the uh, air of invincibility tastes like. I I just I you know I'm into uh, I like a sure thing that's that that comes every every month. Like at milk money is what if you uh, under agent truth we have sell more, own more, earn more. I just think the less work that I have to do, which includes the hassle, um, yeah. Because uh, I think the longer, the more hassle, thinking about our stories, the more hassle, the more likely the less you're desirable. not going to hold it. Yeah, you're not going to hold it. Right. The, the problem is, is that... Um, so with a VRBO, like from an investment standpoint, unless you're going to be actively managing it yourself, realistically, you're probably going to have a company that you hire. Yeah, because it's too much hassle. And right? companies typically are in the range of... 20 to 30%. Yeah, exactly. 18 to 30%. Right. And then there's, you know, depending on how much traffic. And they were saying, no, they were getting about 20 nights uh, a month. And then they're getting it seven to eight times a year. I actually have. We just got a text message today, Jeff. I don't know if you've read it yet, but it is. I'm going to read it because it is about. I started. I manage seven properties, and yes, the accounts I manage are super host status. I charge a $500 startup fee, $65 monthly service fee, and 18% per booking that is charged at the end of each month. That's an actual property manager for Airbnbs. Yeah, for research for today. Right. Research, exactly. Right. But. Outside of the startup fee and the monthly fee, like what we were just talking about is the 20% line, right? Like if we go with the 20% booking cost right. for management, so you don't have to do all of the work. Yeah. So we're going to go with the, uh, when I was doing some research, I was seeing that there was about 70 VRBOs in downtown Scottsdale and they seem to range from 100 to 200. So we'll just take 200 a month, right? Okay. Like is what the... Not a month, a night. $200 a night. And then you got to figure, they were talking about most families come in for four to five nights, right? And then that works out the, you, you lose a couple of days there, but... If you take simple math of 200 a night times 20 nights, you're generating $4,000 gross rent. 
Now, it's interesting because the one I took as an example was in North Scottsdale, and I'm only going to talk about this example because it's real, um, and I'm not going to speculate, but holy shit. So I saw that the unfurnished, like, because I pulled a 2,300-square-foot rental in North Scottsdale in 85266 that was on a cul-de-sac lot, a little bigger lot, but... Um, they were renting it at two forty a night, and then um, you short term could rent, or you could long term rent it for three thousand. Uh, I'm sorry, thirty seven hundred a night. Okay, right, thirty seven. Not a night, thirty seven hundred a month. Month, which long-term I was rental. like, first of all, that was much higher than I thought it was. The month at thirty seven hundred because. If you get twenty nights at two forty, now you're talking forty eight hundred, and then you take off the twenty percent fee, isn't it? It's real close to the same thing. It's thirty eight forty. So thirty seven hundred long term rental or thirty eight forty property managed Airbnb. Right, because you also have furniture, and you Dude, have that's not and also that is like don't forget you got the cost of furnishing the house, which really is just a bunch of more stuff that could potentially get damaged. Well, that's the thing is, is it's, yeah, no, that that's the real thing is because you're looking at, I don't know, 40,000 a house doesn't seem like a lot to put. For furniture? For inside, right? right. If you're going to do outside furniture, you you might be at 50 grand because you're thinking patio furniture and you know that's not inexpensive. And then you got the the fire pit because like what's in your, they got a bocce ball kit. You got a a volleyball court. Right. (laughs) And it's got to be sand. That's right. right? And it's got to be regulation size and they got to have balls. Otherwise the tenants give you bad reviews and then you can't rent it for 20 nights anymore. Yeah. Because the, the landlord I was talking to was talking about how he definitely does not want to have to visit the property. And I'm like, the tenant I had for 14 years, I've been there once. Right. Yeah. Like, like that's not a... The, because it's more of a so I think relationship with the tenants. Like, the... the you know, yeah. them sending you photos and stuff, it's not like a hotel. Because I think when they come for the VRBO, it's kind of more like you're competing against the hotel experience where no hassle, right? Like that. Yeah. You know, they're on vacation. Yeah. You, yeah. you know, vacation time's viewed as the most precious time on earth. You know, and so maybe that's the true allure is there's 10 nights a month that you could use your house. While you're still getting the rent paid for. Yeah. I mean, to me, the reality is... And Scottsdale ain't a bad spot for people to have a second home that they VRBO so that they can use it when they want. I love VRBO for the part-time visitor. Right. Right? Like, to me, if you're only going to use it, you know, the tough part is then you have to buy in a neighborhood that accepts VRBOs, which is the more... I just don't know that long term that they're going to hold their value if you got three VRBOs on the street and not mentioning the one in your neighborhood. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, my street. I know. And, dude, there's a Right property. now it's raising the value, though, because now it's allowing them to generate more income and then you do have you a property. You should look at the one on the corner of Sweetwater and, like, 
I don't know, 60th Street. Dude, I am the one that thinks 61. we're going to build a second house in our backyards to rent out to, you to solve to, the population problem. I don't even know how to build. I just I was I was on HomeDepot.com the other day looking for something, like I can't even remember, like a door. And you know what was in the scroll list? A $33,000 two-bedroom house, tiny house you can buy from... Home Depot. How do you and not have to deliver put, it? How do you, how do you not how, put it on your in your backyard and it, rent it out for two hundred and forty bucks a night? Three hundred square feet? No. Oh no. Did I say that? No, that's no. what I heard though. Oh yeah, no, two bedroom, <laughs> two bedroom. Oh, thirty-three hundred dollars. Nine hundred square feet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it, thirty-three thousand dollars is the purchase for that property for that house. See, that I you think could you put could in cover, your I think you could cover that for sure in the first year. Right. Agreed. Yeah. But like that's anyway, I got distracted there. You just, but I was like, gonna, you just plug your hose in and they got water. I guess. <laughs> and then uh, you gotta have two hoses and in and it out. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Anyway. It's basically um, just a big porta potty. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. You, I didn't, I didn't, how, how, look, I didn't get into the details. I was just saying No, but sharing. if you had one in the backyard you would I mean the guests could just use the yeah, you put up like a temporary fence around it, and yeah. then you got, I mean, you could even long-term rent it. That, I mean, there could be nights that you'd want to sleep there anyway. <laughs> there would be nights my wife would want me to sleep there. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, right? Like, like I can leave, I could leave to my backyard. <laughs> Not um, that it ever happens at my no, house. No, no, yeah, no, no. Yeah. All right, so, but back to the story of Sweetwater and, and like 61st or something like that. 60. Dude, they built a monster on that property, like a huge building. And I I looked it up on VRBO uh, this week, and they get, like, I don't see very many tenants in it because it's such a specialty, like, high-end type of spot. Yeah, they don't act. And they, I, see people but, but people, in, I, I see people there maybe a week a month. I know, but, but they minutes. get a ridiculous number because right. they, they, they it's infrequent, but because... There's no other options for those people with seven bedrooms, right? Or ten yeah, bedrooms, yeah. or because the the house that I lost the listing on, yeah. I saw on VRBO when I was out looking, and it was um, twenty five hundred a night. Right now we're talking. Yeah, yeah, that's different. Yeah, and they had eleven reviews, and four of them for were for this year, which I thought was a you know, um, yeah, because like what percentage of people give a review one out of ten? I don't know, whatever it is, but to think that because I they gutted the whole thing, they made it spectacular. They bought it for one six because it's got two houses on the property. Because when I was over there, it has a six car garage in the back with a blah, you know, I'm sure they got a Go airplane on. hanger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But great rental property. Yeah. I, I was more of interested. But still, though, we're talking about the price conversation. Is is it, it sounds like it's pretty competitive. Based on the VRBOs. example, I guess. Yeah. No, yeah. Uh, VRBOs defi- oh. definitely make more money as long as you can get to, I guess that's 20 times 7 is 100. You need to rent it at least half the amount of time. You mean 15 days? No. What do you mean half the amount of time? Well, because if you take... There's 365 days in a year. That's 180 days. Oh, you mean half. And then it, it. what I'm saying is half. You need 180 days of rental. Then you're really profitable because he was telling me seven months times 20 days is only 140. And that's... Because it's vacant in the summer? Uh, hard to rent is the word he used, which right. meant vacant. Yes. Yeah, you mean you're paying utilities because the other thing is... is 
your like the question is, is are they deducting those utilities from their profit line because they're paying utilities every day that it's rented and then also the um the one on the corner on cactus put solar on now i know why they don't want to pay they're trying to keep their overhead low right they're trying to yeah. keep because let the t- and you know do do tenants usually like treat the air conditioning like it's their own <laughs> Or like our least office space here, which is currently at seventy four. <laughs> yes, no, they right? they, they like run they, the bill. No, that's I, right. that would be you had to put a cap. Is how we used to handle that. Yeah, in the monthly rentals, is we would put a well. Um, actually, the guy I rented the the one the most out for had a pool. Yeah, and you know what tenants want to do when they get a pool? They want to heat it. Oh, and do you know what? When the pool yeah. water is forty degrees and you want to heat it, you know how much it costs? Eight hundred bucks. Eight hundred bucks. Yeah, eight hundred yeah. to a thousand bucks, and then they could usually keep it warm throughout the time because once you heat it up, it's actually less to keep it going. They yeah. could do about fifteen hundred bucks, but that is for a week. That's on the one on one hundred fourteenth. Yeah, one hundred fifteenth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice, nice, nice. All right, so the the that house sold though. Yep. Yeah, so the um. From the research that we've done at this point, I I, I don't I, we're so let me ask you. I think that um, VRBOs make more money. I the answer is ding ding ding. I think they do make more. I think your propensity is. I think if you're a smart property owner, you can. If the goal is passive income, yeah. It you know to me, I, I think it's going to vary though because I think you're going to have some winners and losers because I noticed that real estate agents when they tell stories. They always give you their best story as if it was the average. Are you familiar with that principle, Phil? Yes, very much. Right, so. we're, we're 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 like I made a I made three hundred thousand dollars selling real estate. You did one year, not in nineteen. You didn't. What? Like I, I'm the number one agent in Phoenix. Yeah, we right? did you, one year. You, you we did one year. year. Yeah. <laughs> no, but well, yes, exactly. We're guilty of the same because yeah. that's marketing. The, marketing. How but, many times, you know, I've come across... No, but I'm people. talking about when they're telling you a story that they tell you that that's... They like, tell you the best one, not the worst one. Yes, be... be yeah. It's always a little worse than what... Me too. I'm good. I'm good for that. Yeah, but what? it's Jerry Maguire, right? Show me the money. Show like, me the money. Don't, well, I don't want to just believe the words that you say. Let's write well, it out. Well, but the thing is, is for long term... Show no, me the paper. The long term is also very predictable. So I have VRBOs make more money, but they also require more work. Uh huh. And more capital investment to start. Well, the thing is, is right because the thing if you think about fifty thousand dollars in furniture, you're gonna have to commit to VRBOing. What's that? A seven hundred thousand dollars house? An eight hundred thousand dollars house? Five hundred thousand. Five forty at five hundred? You could do it. You could do it for less than that. You think, IKEA. I mean, come on. You think you're doing it for twenty five thousand? Yeah. Okay, so twenty five thousand. Are you doing some used furniture? Actually, you know what I think? I think that. You're I buying think my it. wife is getting some new furniture, and the VRBO is getting my old furniture. <laughs> you can't put crappy furniture in a VRBO. I don't have you crappy furniture. It, I, I, You've no, been to my I'm house. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Used furniture. Used right, furniture right. cannot. It has to be newer stuff. Yeah. But yeah. to me, that costs because you think about. Let's just say, at ten years, you need to make twenty five hundred dollars more. Per what? 
per month. At ten years. I, I mean, well, is that what you said? At ten years, I, I'm depreciating the furniture. I'm, a, I'm an Got accounting it. guy, yeah, yeah. and I think okay, twenty five thousand. I have to charge that, so I'm I'm counting twenty five hundred against the expenses of that property per year, which is about two hundred a month. Expense that you have to, I mean, addition, right? And then you have to worry about the hassle of selling the furniture and uh, getting it out of the, the house. And meaning, versus you know, I'm bull. I am, I like the long term, has just been better for me because it doesn't, it's not a pain in the ass to me, right? It's just what I do in a normal, like, but when you're getting going, if ca- if maximizing cash flow at the cost of elbow grease or sweat is what you're most interested in, then VRBOs might not be a bad idea. Because well, there's people <clears throat> that we have talked to, there's people that we know very well that would clean their own VRBOs to keep the money. No, no. The person that's going to clean it in management is clearly going to make more money doing VRBO. Right. right? Like if you, if, you have, if you don't have a job and you want to work for home and you want to be a host and then rent your own because you're then you're in that world it makes sense for you to pick up a couple extra of them because that doesn't sound like a bad gig right because if you have five of them you're making this more than the tenant yeah if you have five of them you end up owning a a home cleaning company as well right (laughs) yeah no you own a property management company at that point you offer your services to other owners for 20 percent. but it's a full-time job right right. as long as you're good at you know marketing and stuff like that i mean and that you know the rules well to me like let's just not you breezed over the landlord tenant act but i think that it's very important to understand what you need to do and what you don't need to do if you're gonna be owning investment properties with tenants in them well how about this I've had a lot of we've in Arizona had a lot of experience with that um, neighbors not liking VRBOs. I have lots of signs on in my neighborhood. You know what they say? Homes, not hotels. Yes, that that kind of um, it's it. But I, I saw it out in Newport Beach. Same thing. It, they were after Vacasa. They were like no Vacasa, like the partial ownership. Oh, the Vacasa, lo- um, something like that. Yeah, did Spencer va- invest va- in it? Vacasa. Oh, Vacasa. Yeah, V A C A S A. Yeah, no, they do uh, fractional ownership, and then the the um, right, right. right. I think that VRBO is also great because I I am a friend with an agent, and she when she's going out of town, VRBO is her house. That, yeah, or when Super Bowls come into town. Right. How would Laura feel about that? We have three kids under the age of eleven. Right. How would Laura feel? About that? We, we. No. Yeah. And, she's yeah. got two kids. But yeah. the thing is, is no. But if the mom is a real estate agent and is used to that and can prepare it in a way but to me it's certainly a way let's say that you only wanted to sell 12 houses a year okay okay what, what's the average sales price i'm gonna call it real estate lifestyle which i what's think the average is, sales price I, might be, might be real on. estate lifestyle might be the um six hundred thousand might be season price? six we are in there. season six season seven okay season seven might be real estate because i think there's more people in this business for lifestyle agreed and seven hundred thousand average sales price you said 12 houses a year what's the average sales price yeah probably 850 all right 850 oh this is actually we we had a conversation with this agent she lives in the valley over in la 
right? She's going to sell 12 houses a year. Her average sales price is eight fifty. She also is a lender. Well, yeah, you're, I'm talking about a different agent, but she was in the Southeast Valley and she lives in Arizona. But she, she, because she sells in the range of ten to fifteen houses a year. She's making two hundred to three hundred thousand. She then makes an extra because she always books it the two weeks they leave town. She books her house to be occupied. Oh, I know. Right, so she about. makes three. She makes an additional. At like four hundred dours a night though, five hundred dollars yeah. a night, like because you they're getting a fully furnished house or whatever it is, so you're generating seven extra grand there, but it's paying for your vacation, right? Like there's yeah. there's just it ups your and then if you're managing because if you're only selling ten houses a year, you could manage five VRBOs, you could become a super host, or you could manage ten VRBOs as a real estate agent because now you have prospects coming in. It could just be a Lead generator. Yeah, I think it's... Um, we actually didn't... We, it's hard because we didn't add that if you're a real estate agent looking for leads. We didn't value that in the numbers. Yes. Well, because real estate agents, it's. I think it's hard because just like when you're selling houses, it's hard to think I need to be an owner. And then when you're renting houses, thinking those are my prospects. But, the, you know, that's what we, yeah. we, we like to help people out with. So, yeah. All right, well, it's season six, Jeff. It's been a pleasure hanging out with you for another season. Appreciate the insight on the uh, and the push that we are making to the audience about building their own wealth, right? And not just this is don't be short sighted that this is a transactional career you're getting in. This is actually a wealth building career that you should get in, well, or that you need to recognize. The thing is, is a lot of times we get agents they are missing the. You know, I'm trying to land the plane. Well, the thing is, is because we were, <laughs> I, we, I shared you that podcast with Brett Jen- Jennings, yeah, and he talks about the lifestyle of an agent in that podcast as well. And I thought how because it's the very same conversation of real estate creates burnout, and when you do too many transactions, you tend to to want to leave the business. And if you haven't built it up enough, it doesn't kick out the revenue you like, and now you're in this quandary. But it is a you know this is another way to help fortify your income fortify your savings by picking up a VRBO or maybe one VRBO and three vacation properties you know cuz it's going to vary per city that's true right like there's going to be i'm betting that the VRBOs down by the beach might do a little bit better or the ones by a park or the ones by a the San, San, Fran- San Francisco Giants uh, facility, right? Like those. We're a vacation town, right? We are. Like we are. Tourism is a big aspect of Arizona. Yeah, so we're lucky in that, right? Like if we're talking about Flint, Michigan, I don't know that the VRBOs are going to have the me, same allure. I don't know that I would put VRBOs as passive income because it's more work. Unless you're man- professionally managed. Well, I mean, the guy that I was talking to, he was like, "Well, my goal is to not have to go there, but you know, then that is that he's." That's his goal. <laughs> you know that, that he's doing a lot. The big, uh, <laughs> goal? That's the well, you know, it's like my goal is to get to the gym right three times a week because I have to work to get there, and that means that he goes there too much, and that means it's a job. Yeah. So I'm looking for rental properties that it's not a job that I can set it and forget it, and you know, yes, I have a couple calls, of, but they're. There's softball calls because when you're dealing with people in and out of the property, it's urgency stuff. There's um, yeah, and yeah. We empower our tenants as well, which is another way that we stay more sane. What do you mean? 
Well, um, hey, Phil, my AC broke. Great. Which AC company did you call? I, <laughs> I haven't. Feel free. I don't have to worry about that anymore. Then he, then the AC... Co- so the, You just so ask the tenant to do it? You yeah. You empower like, tenant? Empower the tenant. Get it fixed. Like, send me... Just deduct it from your rent you send me and send me the invoice with the rent. Yeah, you as long to, as that totals the rent. Do you want me to call my company or... Exactly, because here's what has happened, right? It comes with experience. Like, you, I used to... I used to be... Oh, let me jump on that. Hey, AC company. Yeah, when can we go over? I, I don't know. What are you available? Hold on. Let me get my tenant on call. Hey, tenant, when can they come over? Okay, you're available. Okay, hold on. Let me see if I can get that to coordinate. What the heck am I doing in the middle? Like... Just empower no, the no, tenants. Yeah, I did that for the plumbing and the drywall fix and the, yeah, and the, the, the thing is always Connect like, the here's the number, call yeah. them. If it's over 250 it. bucks, get my approval. Right. Yeah, same, same. Yeah. Well, the, hey, that's one you can grow on. So, I'm Jeff. I'm Phil. We're out of here. We got to write six. that time. What? We yeah. got to that time. Thanks, guys. Thank you.